Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise Podcast with me, your host, Moira Kassaba. And today on the show, I have Miss Jenny Remold. Y'all get this. She is not only, let's start here, a mama of seven, designer, writer, lifestyle curator. She is a mega influencer on Instagram, TikTok, all the things. She's been featured on HGTV, The Today Show, People Magazine, Good Morning America, you name it, you've seen her somewhere. And she is the most humble-hearted, biggest-hearted, just one of the people that is out there in this influencer land, but sharing and caring with so much authenticity. She's just the best. And I cannot wait for you to hear her story. It's so crazy of how this all came to be for her, what she's doing in the world, what she's sharing, her passion, all of it. So let's dig in. Well, Jenny, I am so excited to to talk to you today and have you on the podcast. You know, I we were just saying right before we started how we kind of went down the rabbit hole of each other's social media and we have so much in common and so many things to talk about. And I was saying that I'm not a huge consumer of social media content, believe it or not, but I was like, I will be going to your social media on a daily basis. I will tell you that. I appreciate that. It's kind of a a cornucopia smorgasbord of everything that kind of started with design that rolls into parenting and then flattering swimwear for moms. So it's everything. Yeah. I love it. I was going to be doing that, but here we are. And isn't that like the crazy road that I, I feel like few people... And more and more, but few people are open to kind of where the road leads them, right? And I feel like you've really been open to that. So before we, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, I want to know the story. Like you have such this colorful, amazing path to where you are now. And I kind of want to go back if you would. And like, where did it all start? Because you're this huge personality on social. You've got all of these amazing, you know, parts of that business that you're contracted with and working with and just start back. Like, how did this all come to be? It started with honestly me being a mother to seven children and I started on Instagram to spy on my teenage daughter because she just started getting into that into high school. And I thought, well, I have to get on here, but then I have to look like I'm doing something other than spying on her as any good parent would do. (laughs) And so I just started, we had just moved to Nashville at the time from Florida. My husband had just retired from major league baseball and I started renovating a house in Nashville. And that got the attention of a realtor who thought, oh, property brothers would love to maybe shoot this as a dream home. And then I, I was, I'm a publicist by trade and I just started documenting things and it just kind of grew grew. and it, it really started when I had 4,000 followers and I reached out to home goods and said, Hey, I'm, I'm doing the hair and makeup artist of Carrie Underwood. I'm just helping her design. I was just doing design on the side as something to do, even though my degrees were in PR and education, but I just, you know, was filling the time as a stay-at-home mom. And they said, well, because you have so much time as a stay-at-home mom. I just wanted to do something for myself that I, you know, just get Mm -hmm. out of like my yoga pants for a brief moment. And I was just doing small, like helping friends on the side and home goods said, well, we'd love you to be our, our uh, spokesperson. And then that just kind of developed. And it was a lot of me asking for things rather than waiting for them to fall. I feel Mm. like, um, 
But at that I love point, that. I think that is so important what you just said for people that are trying to build brands or businesses or social media followings that you really have to go out there and get it and ask. Yes. And not just like, wait. I feel like there is opportunity in work. Like I was I was working, I was I was doing the hustle and I think you know, I going further back at one point, I was a single mom at 27 years old with two toddlers. Mm -hmm. Um, I started working kind of three jobs. Like I was teaching school and then I was teaching fitness classes and I was doing all of these different things, but I always kind of worked for what I had or what I wanted. And so I think in turn, I was never afraid to ask for something in terms of moving myself or my family forward, because I thought, well, the worst that's going to happen is I'm going to remain in the same place. So right. if you never step forward, you will always remain stuck. So mm-hmm. I think that was a big part of just my personality and even getting over kind of the single mom hump, mm-hmm. trying a new career, asking for things that I thought I had no business asking for. And so I think maybe having since seven children, you lose a sense of modesty a little bit. Yeah. So I just was like, well, I'm just going to go for it because the only thing I can do is tell me no. And I, right. and I many times, if you hear no, you're asking the wrong person. So I kind of, I love that. I, I love really that so much. Kind of, kind of, I, I pride myself on sort of telling people like, just ask for what you want. Like what, yeah. where are we in life where we have to wait for someone to, to give us something, you know? Right. Yeah. And I, I think underneath that though, there's a belief thing, right? Because I think so often people are afraid to ask because of their insecurities or they don't feel worthy or they don't feel good enough. Right. And I think what we have to realize is, you know, some of the greats that we see or the people that we want to emulate, the people that we kind of want to do what they're doing, Uh they're not necessarily any better, right? They just they just asked, they, they just got in the right conversations and in the right rooms. And so right. therefore they're kind of out there doing it more. Right. And I think the worst that can be, ha- the worst that can happen is you ask for something really, for the most part is you might like your pride might take a little bit of a hit. It might be a little embarrassing for a moment, but you know what? And then we recover, you know, yeah. like who hasn't yeah. been embarrassed, who hasn't taken a knock against their pride at one point um, in, in their life. And so I feel like life is just kind of that ebb and flow of, yeah. you know, we have opportunities, we lose some, we have them, we lose them. And so I think, you know, part of, I remember when I, when I got divorced, my mother gave me this po- this little art piece and it said, mm-hmm. um, you know, when the wind changes, we just adjust our sails. Yes. And so I'm a big fan of just pivoting. Like my whole yeah. adult life, I was thinking today, I'm just pivoting. I'm just constantly pivoting. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you said 45, right? Like 45 yeah. is kind of when this new chapter came, just right. literally happened for you, came into your lap and, and you ran with it. So tell me, first of all, seven kids, how old are they? So I have 20, one's almost 19. And then we have uh, 12, 10, nine, seven, and five. So kindergarten to a junior in college, first marriage, second marriage, an adoption. And so, um, it's just, I lost a child too. And we can talk about that, but I feel like when that happened, I was just so grateful for anything that came my way. And I think, I think in, in losing, I had a stillborn daughter, I think losing her, it, it made me a better mother and made me a a better adoptive mother in a way, because I knew what it was like to, 
to, to lose and feel that loss yeah. and to walk out of a hospital without your baby. And Gosh. so then when we adopted, I, I know when you had, over. well, that's stillborn, um, such a hard, hard, hard road. Where yes. was that in like, you know, she was number, she would have been number five. Okay. So she was, um, the third of my husband now that she was our third daughter. Right. My mom always says, cause my, my dad was married twice. So she always calls them first set, second set. Yes. Okay, the bigs <laughs> yeah. and the littles. We call them yes, the bigs and the, the littles. And so the little. she would have been the third of the littles and I lost her midway through the second trimester. Nobody knew, but um, gratefully, I just one day said, I just wanted to go through an elective sonogram, yeah. you know, how you could just pay a hundred dollars. Oh. And I just wanted to check on her. I didn't really feel a sense of anything wrong. And I immediately saw that she had no heartbeat on there, but what was interesting, and it's kind of a blessing in disguise her, I had, it had just happened because wow. the blood was still flowing through her body and they didn't know how to call it because they said they brought in other right. doctors and they said, this is very unusual to see wow. her body temperature still warm, but no heart and no heartbeat. And so um, wow. they said we can wait 24 hours. And of course, like any desperate mother, I was just like, yes, let's, let's just yeah. wait maybe. And so I went back the next day and she was gone. Um, and then I had to deliver her in 26 oh. hours of labor. And it was just, it, it was Horrific. awful. Um, but in a, and I, say this often that I never say to people who's lost children, well, there's a reason for it, or they're right. in a better place. Cause I think that's a very harsh statement to say to any mom, like, Oh, well, there's a reason your child died. I right. like to say I have found purpose in my pain yes. Um, yes. because through it can that, make you, it can make you better. Yeah. Yes. Like it's not, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I don't feel like there is a good reason for any mother to lose a child. Like there's right. just not a good reason for it. There's just that the reasoning part is, is out the window for any parent who is grieving. Um, but what I do find is that, you know, after I lost her, I became involved in, um, in organizations that supported single women who had babies or were leaving domestic violence shelters. And I, and I created a walk in her memory where we raised funds for a local ministry that, um, that housed women who wanted to keep their babies, but had no support. Mm. So through that, it gave me a purpose. Um, and that's I, I, everything that when you find that purpose, when you find, I mean, that's such the path to healing, right? Yes. I had a, a miscarriage and we had tried forever and ever and ever and ever and ever to have a third. And that's a hard road. Yes. And, you know, the pain is, I mean, you can't even articulate the pain that comes with losing a child. But it wasn't until I like had that light bulb moment of what I wanted more than anything with, you know, having more children, because I thought we were going to have more and then we couldn't have any was just, I wanted that intimate relationship. I wanted that love. I wanted that bond. Right. You know, I grew up in a house of six siblings. And so I, I kind of wanted to like duplicate that. Yeah. And what right. I realized was I, I just have two, but I can have that with the two and I can yeah. lean into that and I can create that right. with them. And just like you said, it's made me such a better mother. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I, I think when you let go of what you thought you mm -hmm. should have, would have had, it yes. kind of redirects you to center yourself into really leaning into 
what is in front of you with your yes. own children, with what your passions are. And, and mm-hmm. oddly, when I got pregnant the next year, she was due on the day that Elizabeth passed away. Wow. So I think, you know, if I had not lost her, I wouldn't have had the other two. Right. I probably would not have adopted Yeah, a lot. We know that 10 other adoptions have come from me sharing our story. Um, So it's just one of those things where it's like, there was a purpose in that pain. And so um, I think of her often, not like I wear necklaces in her honor and all of those kinds of things, but um, I think, and my best friend actually just lost her daughter in a tragic situation at LSU and she's finding healing in creating a foundation for her. And so I'm supporting her and her grief by supporting the foundation. And I think in, in all of this loss that all of these women experience, especially in terms of either divorce, losing a child, splending Mm -hmm. ends away and all of those kinds of things. I think it's so important for women to kind of regroup and center and find a purpose either through the loss or a new you know, something that kind of sparks inside something new that yeah. they have done before or right. so it's yeah. just, you know, it's that pivot. Yeah. It's that pivot that you're getting to that place of, like you said, what's in front of you and what you have the, the time and, and possibly the space to create that right. this wouldn't be if it wasn't for that. And so it's right. not that you're grateful for the tragedy. You're grateful right. for what has come after and what you've created and what you've been able to do. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think the mindset needs to like kind of shift and that, that, that happens in grieving. I think where you get to that, you know, those stages where you're sad and angry and then all of these different things. And I think that comes with that, where you have to be at peace with what has happened Mm -hmm. and you have to step forward for yourself, your family, for all of that. And you, I remember my dad, I was crying on the floor And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. This is when I was a single mom. And my dad said, you don't have a choice. Like, like your family doesn't have anybody but you. So you just take Mm. it one step at a time, baby steps. You just work your way out. And I just remember like that, even though it was like this tough love from my dad, who wasn't a super emotional guy, but he always has solutions. Yeah. It resonated with me as like, you're right. I I don't have a choice right now. Like I I don't have a choice but to move forward. So I think that kind of helps getting unstuck. Yeah. Yeah. I always talk about, you know, sometimes it's just the next right thing, you know, and that could be starting a foundation or going to take a shower. (laughs) Like it can be both ends of the spectrum, you know, you don't have a choice. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you were single mom to two toddlers and then, wow, gosh, that I can't yes. even fathom. I look back at that phase of my life when I was married. I mean, I am married, but even with a husband that was very involved, the hardest it's, oh, it's, the, it's hardest the hardest. Season. And I was still in my twenties. And so like, I knew I wanted to be married and, and again, and I remember a man told me, well, you would be a no brainer if you didn't have kids. And Ugh. so constant knocks against you that every yeah. single mom can feel and know yes. and and things like that. And so, you know, I met my husband and fortunately he was okay with the kids, but, but again, it was new to him. He was young with me and it was, you know, there was a lot of kind of touch and go there in the beginning as we sorted out, but you know, now we've been married like 13 years. So, so good, but yeah, I was a single mother. And then, um, I had another career change where I ended up being a woman working in sports where people told me, 
you know, this probably isn't going to happen for you. And it, and it did. And I was thinking today of all the things that people told me you won't be able to do, you know, mm-hmm. like you won't be able to pivot from teaching to sports. You won't be able to find a man who will accept you and your toddlers. You won't be able to have another child or I've had five C-sections. You won't be able to do this. And I was thinking today of all of the things in my adult life really have been almost like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. And that probably lights your fire a little bit. So don't dare tell you that you can't do something. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think what has happened is it's kind of been kind of nice for my, I have five daughters and they see mom doing all the things. And my college daughter is kind of doing the same thing. And I'm, I got my, you know, my boating license and I bought a boat and my husband's oh my Pencil, Western Pennsylvania, he doesn't know how to boat. So it's me driving the boat and, um, and that, but out of that, like now I have a pontoon boat company, Manitou pontoon boats. Like oh I'm working with them. I've had, I just was listed as like something for like women in power sports because it's wow. opposite of what you would expect. But it's again, like, yes, I can, I can do yes. that. I love that. I love that you're the captain. That is just awesome. He doesn't have a license at all. So when we go out, I'm the driver and he is like the first mate because he, (laughs) I grew up in Florida. He knows nothing about boating, but it's odd because when you walk into a marina, they automatically go and speak to your husband. Right. "Um, I'm over here. Oh my gosh. Even when we buy cars, I'm the person who buys the cars and handles all that. And they always look to my husband. I'm like, um, it's me. Yeah. Over here, over here. I love that influence for your daughters. Yes. I mean, I think that is one of the things I'm so passionate about is I see so many moms holding back on their dreams or their callings or their desire and what they're going to do. And, and they think that they're being a better mom by, kind of just, and, and some people want to be, you know, the Pinterest mom. And I love having friends like that because that's not me. So it fills, it fills the gap, but there's so many women that have desires that have a calling and they, they don't pursue it because they feel like they are going to take away from their children if they go do that. And I am the mom that's like, no, like that is going to be your greatest gift to your children, for them to be able to witness that, for them to be able to see that, you know? Yes. Well, and here's a great, here's just proof in the pudding with that. So when I was a divorced mom, it was in my early, the the kids were in early elementary school. And I think out of mom guilt, I was the homeroom mom. I did every craft, Pinterest, cupcake, homemade, all of that stuff. I did it all for, for their entire elementary school career. I was that mom for my two oldest. And when they were in high school, I remember saying to my daughter, well, you know, I well, it's because I was the homeroom mom. And she said, you were? And I said, <laughs> what are you talking about? And she, I said, you don't know it's your homeroom mom? And she yeah. said, I remember you going on the field trips, but yeah. I don't remember you doing the other stuff. I don't mm-hmm. remember that stuff. And a light bulb. And so then I asked my son, who was in high school at the time as well. They're both now in college. I said, do you remember me being the homeroom mom and, and doing all the cutting at home and all that stuff? And he said, no, I remember you going to the alligator farm with me. I remember us going to the mud hole. And, and it, it was like the light bulb went off. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Right. I will be involved, but not because I feel like this overwhelming sense of right. guilt that if I don't do it, what will happen to my kids? So right. my kids remember, I remember you trading in your minivan. I had a minivan at like 25, minivan <laughs> for a Hummer. 
And we went to like a mud hole. And I was like, because when I was divorced, it was like, I would look for activities to do. Yeah. yeah. Mud hole and mud bog. Sure. That sounds fun. (laughs) I was looking at pictures today of us, me, is this like 27 year old with two toddlers, which is really not my, you know, (laughs) like I'm not a mud bogger kind of girl, but right. Kids remember that they do not remember the 42 hours I spent making homemade Pinterest cupcakes. Yes. Yes. And there are women who have time to do that. Right. And love to do it and want yes. to do it. Absolutely. I really didn't have the time, but I was trying to make the time out of the sense of guilt of, well, now I'm mm-hmm. divorced and now they're going back and forth between the two homes. And now I'm just going to dive all into as much motherhood as I can. Yeah. Would I think the world wants? But it's right. like, they didn't want that. They wanted to go play in the mud with their mom. That's yeah. what they want. Yeah. And so now with five children in grades K through eight, I'm like the field trip mom. I brought yeah. cupcakes to my son for his birthday, but I can't do all of the extras just because my time is spread so thin yeah. that I've just learned to, you know, kind of reevaluate what is meaningful to our family. Right. I love that. And I remember having the epiphany probably, you know, at that burnout with toddlers. And I remember thinking back to my own upbringing and my mom was a nurse, but she made sure that she got off at three o'clock so she could pick us up from school. But back then a generation back, she was ironing my dad's shirts every night and cooking dinner and like doing all of the things that a stay at home mom would do. Yes. And when I looked back on my childhood, I had this epiphany that really my dad gave me kind of what I needed emotionally. And I was like, wait a second. He would come home at six o'clock. Yeah. He would be super present and intentional because he loved his kids. He loved to play with us. Yes. But when I think about it, I'm like, I think that was probably like maybe 20 or 30 minutes. And then he would sit down and watch the news and read a book. And and I'm like, that is crazy. That 30, 20 to 30 minute window was what really filled my soul as a child. Yeah. You know? Yes. And I remember my own dad would take us on Sundays after church and just go somewhere for an hour. We would shoot basketball or whatever it would be to give my mom a little break. But I think he also worked like that same kind of thing, but he, he made the time to do extra things. Yeah. I think whether it's a mom or a dad or both or however my structure is just that time of like letting go of the work, the the Mm -hmm. chores, whatever, because that's always going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard for me though. Like my new year's resolution was I'm trying to make a hard stop at three o'clock yeah. because otherwise it bleeds into everything right. else. And then my kids are mom, you're always working. And yeah, um, yeah. this is a, a bizarre business where you don't really get time off because time I know it, it never ends everything. And then it's like, you got to start all over yes. and engagement and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I try to, like, I'm going on my son's field trip on Friday. So I worked a little bit longer extra so I could be at yeah. the farm. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It is a crazy business to be in because I recognize that. And men and women are so different. So, but like when my husband comes home from work, like work is done. Yes. You know, and this type of job that we have is never done, but also <laughs> just being a mom is never done. You know, no. it's never done. No. And I feel like people, I always say this, that. I have taught, you know, children with disabilities. I've taught children in inner city schools. I've done PR for nonprofits. This is not the most, I would say, noble work that I've done unless we're raising money for someone, but it's the most work. It is the yeah. most work where I get tendonitis in my hands and those kinds of things. So 
you know, there are days where I want to throw my phone into yeah. the ocean. Um, yes. <laughs> but, then, but then there's days where I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to buy a boat because I'm working right. so hard and we're, and we're having these weekends with my kids. So, you know, it's always one of those kind of the, that double-edged sword. Yes. You work, I totally got to find something that you like, and then you got to figure out how to make it all work. Yeah. There's always, no matter what you're doing, there's going to be a sliver of it. That's not fun, right. you know? And I recognize that even just a couple of days ago, I think it was Monday. I just kind of woke up in a fog. We had had a birthday weekend. So I was like sugar right. hangover, sugar. you know? Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, it was such a hard day and kind of like, oh, you know, like it all seemed like a burden. Yes. And then this morning I wake up and I'm like, I love my life. And I'm like, okay, so it has nothing to do with what I'm actually doing. It's all the inside game, yes. you know, right. it's right. all how I'm viewing it, my perspective on it and taking care of self. So yes. let's talk about that because as a working mom of yes. seven children and a wife, Yes. How do you prioritize self-care and, and what does that look like for you? So my mom, it's so funny. So here, this is my master calendar and it's right here. And I always say, I never know what I'm doing until I look at that that day. Same. But my mom gave me a great tip, you know, when I first became a mom and she said, you have to schedule time for yourself like you would like a doctor's appointment or mm-hmm. parent conference and things like that. So for me, it's exercise. I get up every morning at 445, which I know is crazy for many people. But when you go to bed early, it's not that crazy. Right. And I work out and I give myself 45 minutes to an hour every morning. And then I come back and I take a shower and I'm pretty much mostly dressed, if not all the way ready to go when I wake my kids up for school. Yeah, that's exactly what I I do. I can't imagine. I can't imagine if I didn't do that. No, I I mean, every once in a blue moon, if I sleep in and I have to wake up to kind of kids and running around, it's like the day is shot. I agree. And I always say like, at this point, like if I am not working out by six o'clock AM, it's kind of done for me because then life takes over and there's no time left for mom. And I think so many women feel that way. I think Mm -hmm. the hard part for many women is getting up so early. Yeah, Um, I I say, just keep shut your phone off at night. Like I don't, I've never seen game of Thrones and I've never seen because I don't watch TV at night. I'm trying to sleep. Um, what time does your head hit the pillow? Do you have like a turn off your cell phone or blue light and like I, bedtime? I try, so depending on activities, like mm-hmm. I try, my ideal time is everything is off for me at nine. Mm-hmm. Lately, it's more like 9.30-ish because of, you know, kids getting home late and trying right. to get to bed and all of that. But I would say by 9.30 for sure, my phone is off yeah. for sure. Because I just, I don't, I don't, like you said, like I get, I'm, not a good mom and I'm not a good yeah. wife if I don't get to exercise or go on a walk or do something for myself because I get angry mm-hmm. a little bit short fused. Like, yeah. I do all of these things for everybody yeah. else and I can't get 45 minutes five days a week. Yeah. Like that is where I think like women have to take kind of take that time back. Like yes the amount of things that you do for your family. Right. You deserve 45 minutes five days a week to do something, whether that's yes. paint again, whether that's exercise, whether that is cook, take a cooking class, whatever that is. Yeah. I feel like that is where there's something I don't, have you heard of the emotional burden of motherhood? No. Tell me oh, about it. I want to hear is it. Incredible. This is incredible. There's all kinds of psychological research on it. Um, it is the management of the moms typically are doing all of the the work. Like even if you send dad to the store to get the green shirt mm-hmm. for 
the field day or whatever it is. Moms are the one managing it. Okay, we have to have right. this on Tuesday. We have to have this. In our house, I do the bills, but it's like, okay, this kid needs this for soccer practice. Yeah. We've got all the schedule or this is how we're doing vacations. And the moms pretty much are doing the management yeah. of the family emotionally. Even if yes. you tell dad or whomever, I need you to run this errand. By the time they're running the errand to bringing it back, you've already done like 75% of the work because you're carrying the mental load. Yes. Sure it's done. And so it is a huge, yes. and you can read all kinds of articles on it, but it's, it's societal, it's, the, it's generational. It's, it's just the never ending. It's, you know, we ran into this this morning, my husband said, and we were able to make light of it because some mornings, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, but this yeah. morning he goes, we don't, you guys are going to have to get school lunch. Mom didn't get groceries. And I was like, oh, I didn't right. get groceries. I was like, I got done work at 10 o'clock last night. You got a massage and we're watching basketball. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's like, even this morning I said, okay, to my husband, all right, do you know what's happening today? Nope. All right. Well, yeah. you have to this kid out of school because they have to go to the dentist and bring them back. And then this one's got to go here. And it's like, even though like husbands or partners say, well, I did this. Right. And they are so helpful this day and age, but you're right. It's the mental and emotional. It's the management of all of that. And it is so exhausting because my mind never stops going. I have to figure out what everybody needs, what everybody needs, where sometimes just the task oriented part, mm-hmm. that's, that's easy to complete. If all I right. had to do was run and get a green shirt today and I checked that off my mental to-do list, well, yeah. I would be a really less stressed mother, but it's <laughs> right. not, it's, it's not that right. it's every day of what everybody needs. And so I think in acknowledging that and recognizing yes. that, that's why it is important to take that walk, like yeah. give your mind a break from that emotional burden of managing because it is sometimes like yeah don't I remember someone said well I hate moms who complain and blah 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 it's not complaining it is just stating this is what is happening it doesn't mean that I love my kids any less right and it doesn't mean that we would change it because you know it's it's like you said it's the acknowledgement of it and being aware of it yeah therefore taking the action to allow yourself the break Right. But also knowing, but I still wouldn't change it. You know, I, I kind of love being in control of everything. No, it works. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it works. It works. Yeah. It's a little stressful to sometimes, but it does, yeah. but it does work. But I do think it's something that's not talked about enough of how just yes. moms really carry all of that. And then if you're a working mom and you have work obligations, yeah, that causes those meltdowns where it's like, yeah. I'm just some time, you know, like we yeah. all have them. Yeah. I have them less frequently when I exercise. Yes, absolutely. Is there anything else you do in your morning to kind of get centered and grounded? I try to not check my email until I'm absolutely ready to work because when I check it first, then I just have this anxiety. Yeah, it just adds to the mental load is what it does. Yeah. 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 And so I am really just, I always say like, if I can just get that workout in and get myself dressed before my kids get up. I'm kind of good to start my day Yeah, and trying to kind of just work, work as much as I can when the kids are at school. Cause now it's a real blessing that they're all in school Yeah, uh, and try to try to create that hard stop time for myself where I have to remind myself I'm someone who likes to clear the to-do list. Sort yes, of. I don't absolutely. want to go to bed with a to-do list, right? but I'm getting better at 
not doing that because like we said, it never ends. There's always an email. There's always someone from California sending an email at 8 PM our time, but it's 5 PM that, you know, it's always that stuff. So for me, it's also learning to kind of let go of it's okay to not answer this email. Yeah, yeah. It is okay to say no, that I can't volunteer at this time because I just need a day off in my calendar. Right, right. You know? right. So and that, that what you just said is so important. I remember this past Christmas, my husband said, because Christmas is just crazy, right? There's like right, everything going on. And he said, um, a couple friends of ours had invited us over and he said, wait, why aren't we going? And I said, oh, And he said, what are we doing that night? I said, nothing. And he said, well, why aren't we going? And I said, because we're doing something every other night for like two weeks straight. And I said, no, because I know that we can't handle that. Right. Like you, you, sometimes you say no, not because you're obligated, but because you know, it's just going to be too much. Right. And I think like if every mother knows that feeling, so if you're hosting something or whatever, I always tell him, just be honest, just say, you know what? It's been a terrible week. We have had so many activities, whatever. We need a night off. Every mother gets that. Yes. Mother does not get, we just need a night off. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not about, I don't want to go to your candle party or whatever it may be. It's just, I I emotionally cannot take one more obligation in my time this week. Yes, absolutely. So I'm curious, work-wise, yes. what does your work life, what does your work day look like? Like what, because you've got, kind of talk about, if you would, what are your obligations work-wise right now? Because you've got several different things going on. You've got a million different things going on work-wise, yes. but what do you, how do you kind of structure your day and what are you spending your time on mainly? So my overall, like, you know, for lack of a better term, I've become an influencer. I kind of stopped a lot of the side design projects unless they're for media because I just didn't have the time. And so I I work with a lot of brands um, and I do a lot of charity work as well as foundation work. And so um, what I try to do is, you know, once I get the kids off to school, I come back and I sit my computer and answer all the emails and then I'll just start either filming, editing, you know, the whole reels thing has really really eaten up a lot of time. Yes. The video and things like that. And so it's a lot of that kind of stuff all day long where I'm either like, I I work a lot. Did you ever think, did you ever think this is what your life would look like? I mean, that's what I think sometimes I'm like, what in the world? (laughs) No. And, and, you know, it's funny is it's like, even the people, when I started this, I mean, this is when like I started four or five years ago. I I think, you know, when blog, I thought I was just take pictures in a mirror and find a cute outfit or something. Like I was looking, that's what, what Pinterest was back, you yeah. know, a couple of years ago. And so when I started it, the two men closest to me, my husband and my dad said, this is a waste of your time. What are you doing? You're spending too much money on this, getting a website, start all this different stuff. And now here I am. Like I, it's kind of funny because I've had so many people, especially men in my life, tell me, you're never going to make this. You're never going to do this. This is a waste of your time. And now it's like, I make the major league baseball minimum sort of, you know, amazing. And it's like, who would have thought that a mom spying on her daughter and learning to be herself. And, you know, every once in a while I cry on social media, like I've had enough or moments and I, and I kind of share a lot. My mom says I'm an oversharer, but well, I think, and I think that's a generational thing too. It's it's yes, tougher for that generation, you yes, know. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
Um, even when I had lost my daughter, my mom was like, why are you sharing all of yeah. this funeral or everything? And it was just like, cause that it's healing to me. And then people, and it's so helpful to others yeah. and other yeah. people like commented, this is what helped me. This is what helped me. Yeah. Um, and so where was I? Oh, doing the work. And so it is, you know, it's a lot of just, it's, it's writing, it's emailing. Sometimes I write for home goods or I'll write for their, yeah. their things, or I've worked with, I do work with HGTV or things like that. And so a lot of it then is um, what I'm really getting into now is kind of finding solutions for the everyday family, no matter what your budget is. So I'll yes. share, you know, like my own, like it might be a Serena and Lily setup, but I'll find the the budget friendly version as well. And I so love I, that. a lot of it is that, and like right now I've got a heavy focus on swimwear and not because I really like, I'm trying to make 20 cents off an Amazon bathing suit Right. It's because I feel like every woman should have a suit that they are comfortable in, especially if you have children that you yes. feel good walking around the pool or the beach in. Yes. Like my program is like, I'm a two, I'm the helper with the mm-hmm. highest. Yes. I feel like that you're a two exactly. wing, you're a two wing three. Yes, yes. Yes. I see it totally. <laughs> yes. And so I love helping people. And I always say like my Instagram is so much more than like vacuums and swimwear because yeah. we have funded free cars for people. We've funded thousands and thousands of dollars for that. children with cancer or, and, or all of these different wonderful, we put a girl in college, like all of these things. Wow. I was able to create a scholarship for uh, at UCF for a student, like all of these things have come from this, you know, me spying on my kid. And I said that this platform was made, was not made for just me. And I 100% believe that because whether it's the charity things, I have an incredible Mm -hmm. group community of women on here. And I say that, you know, 98% of my audience is women. I feel like it's women who just have kind of serving hearts. They are people who genuinely care about other people. Yes. And through that, like I'm able to like gift the extra um, vacuums and things to people in need. And I get all yeah. these things for free and I'm able to gift them away. And I, I see people like awesome. reselling them on, you know, websites. I don't like, I got it for free because of people supporting. Right. So I feel it's important to just give it back. Yeah. And so I'm very grateful of like the community because I feel like mm-hmm. I know them. Like I don't, I don't get to everybody's messages, but I'm, I'm, I'm against for me hiring someone to answer my messages. Oh, yes. I get to know people. Can't imagine. I can't imagine. Anybody. I've always been in my DMs. Yeah. Yes. Um, that, so Instagram, is that where you mainly are? TikTok, Instagram? Tell well, me where. I, I'm now on TikTok as well, which is odd because it's like, you know, when I'm in Target making a campaign for Target, they, you know, yeah. they want a TikTok video as well. And I always am telling people when I'm in there making TikToks with my family, it's like, uh, I'm doing this. I'm getting paid. Uh, this is a job for me because otherwise I feel like people are just staring, right. What is this woman doing with these five children or whatever? But, um, <laughs> you know, I do think it's so much of what I do is just the practical everyday stuff. Yes, like it is shapewear. It's the, the five things you need if you're over age 35 for your face. It's just those kind of everyday solutions. Yes. And I love that we are able to connect with a human and it's a different experience, right? I mean, 10, 15, 20 years ago, we used to flip through magazines and try to look at articles for, you know, what's the best swimwear, what's the best skincare. And now it's like, I think there's been 
a shift recently where we're starting to understand how amazing the world of influencers are and that all the marketing dollars are really going there. But it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I just think it makes so much sense. And it is more of a connection versus, you know, picking up a magazine at the in the aisle at the grocery store. And I think if you find the right people to follow, like, for example, I just did this big J crew haul, right? I didn't yeah. get paid by them. I just did it on my own. And I was very honest with a couple of suits, like, Hey, I love the cut of this, but this doesn't have an adjustable strap. So it's falling off. And I don't yeah. know if that's what we're looking for as moms with things. And even with a couple, and I was very respectful in my opinion, though, just giving honest right. opinion. Yeah. Even crew was like, we love this. We love what you're doing here. They uh, comment in, in the messages and things like that. And so I think, you know, not everything is a win on Instagram. Right. Like yeah. all these people doing Amazon hauls, like some of my most popular videos on TikTok are the ones where I share all the fails because I think you see yeah. all of these influencers like, this is so great. And this is so great. Well, from a video far away, sure. That yeah. Yeah. But when you put it on your body, it feels like a dance recital costume. Like, let's just be honest. <laughs> right. Like, that's well. And that's just it. It's the authenticity, you know, because I have been approached by brands and I mean, it was like viscerally, I was like, I like this, but I can't, you're asking me to go on there and say, it's the end all be all. It's all I use. It's my favorite thing. And I'm like, I can't do that. And so I, I had to get to a place where I was really made a conscious decision to turn down a lot of money. Because I just felt so inauthentic. And I think that's what people need to be careful about is realizing that a lot of what people are promoting out there, they're promoting it because they're getting paid. And so you have to find the people like you that are honest and authentic in what they're talking about. I think too, like if I use some higher end skincare and a brand approaches me for something else, like a brand, like a drugstore brand. Yeah. I always ask them, can I try this for like two weeks? Yes. So I can really give a feedback because I know not everyone can afford $120 moisturizer. Right. I know. So I love to find solutions to people, but in that I want brands to respect, listen, yes. I may not use this all the time, but I want to test this for the people who can yes. only afford a $25 moisturizer. Yeah. And I, and I very fortunate that I've been able to find and work with brands who do that. And even like, you know, I have my high-end La Mer stuff that I love, but then I also have this Olay Regenerous thing that I was trying that is like, oh, I'm out. And I love this because I test it. And so I think there's a lot of things like that where I'm very fortunate, but I'm very honest with the brands up front. Like if I don't think I'm going to use it, I would like to try it for two weeks. And that's what I've always said. And it's kind of shocking sometimes when brands come back and they're like, but this is the contract. I'm like, I'm not signing a contract until I try something. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to say on social media before you've even shipped me the product. Or I've also had skincare companies, you know, say like, it'll be on your doorstep on Tuesday, the contract, like go live on Wednesday. And I'm like, oh yeah. No, 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 no. I tell people that, that is, is not that's my happen. pet peeve is when they yes. said, well, when are you going to post? And I said, I haven't even tested it. It yeah. hasn't arrived yet. I cannot give you a date until I actually use it. Use and it. I yeah. think that, I mean, that's kind of a red flag for what is going on in the industry is that for people sure. are just taking, taking, taking mm-hmm. without the sampling and the reviewing and whatever. But I do yeah. feel like, you know, I do feel that sharing the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah 
works for me because then people know if I don't think this is a win, I will tell you this is not for me. Right. Or I will say this did not work for my skin, but maybe if you have whatever it is or same with um, like the swimwear stuff, which is very popular for me around this time of year. Yeah. I tell people, even if you're not the same size as me, I want you to pay attention to the notes I'm making about the fabric, the support, the tailoring, whatever, Mm -hmm. because sure, could you find a $20 Amazon suit? Yeah. Is it going to feel or look as good? So I'll go through 20 Amazon suits and pick out three that actually work. And then I'll see all the reasons why the other ones don't work. You know, I love that. I'm at a place now where I'm not afraid to share my opinion tactfully. I think it works. (laughs) Yes. It totally works. 1000%. I mean, like I said, I went down the rabbit hole and there are very few influencers that I will seek out and go to. And I think when it comes to the household stuff too, especially because we have so much of the same style and, you know, there are lots of fancy things in my house, but there are also dupes, you know, in there. And there's so many times where I'm like, I don't want to spend $400 on a black pot. I want to get the Amazon dupe. Right. You know? right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you yeah. have and I think that's all of what that. I try to, I remember someone gave me a great compliment one time because she assumed like I married a base. She said, you're the most relatable rich person I've ever met. And I said, you know what? That's one of the best compliments because I feel like I am trying to cater to everybody like in the middle. I have yes. and I say, I love working with Walmart so much. Like I love working with Walmart yeah. because everybody shops at Walmart. Yes. You have millionaires who shop at Walmart. Yep. You have middle America who shop at Walmart and you have people on financial assistance shopping at Walmart. Yeah. It's so, it's so funny because I just shared last week, a pair of like $20 Amazon. I mean, Walmart jean shorts, right? Like I went shopping. I saw them. They're a huge seller right now. Like I've sold hundreds of pairs of Walmart jean shorts. And what that's that's telling me is, and I kind of looked to see, because sometimes you can see who's commenting. I love it. I bought it or whatever. There are like D1 coaches wives buying the the shorts. I've got friends across everybody, but I think like that makes me happy. Yes. You know? Yes. All of the different ways you can style a pair of $20 Walmart jean shorts, whether you're a millionaire or whether you're waiting on like a check to arrive for, to, for grocery help, you know? Yes. I mean, that just feels good. That just yes. feels good. That's yes. what I'm saying. And that's what I've kind of, I started kind of this pivot. I called it the oh shit pivot in January where I was just <laughs> kind of, let me just look at what is working and what yeah. is working our target Walmart, more budget friendly yeah. fines for everybody. Yes. Because yes. I think what's happened is the brands have kind of really stepped up and are like huge, huge. Yeah. Huge. Like all the collaborations with different influencers or, yeah. you know, all the different things going on. Um, like the Studio McGee line at Target. Oh is my gosh. All for home. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like you could outfit an entire home with yeah. that. Well, yeah. and so um, I just feel like you just have to. I, my audience is the everyday American who has a good heart. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's who I like. Yes. Yes. I, I love that. Before. I don't talk about politics. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I same. Just care that you're a good person. And yes. Yeah. That's all I care about. So that's who I, who I, you know, speak to. I love that. I love that. So 
I'm going to link everything in the show notes below, but tell us your Instagram handle, TikTok handle, and then website and that kind of thing where everybody can find you. Cause I mean, I'm obsessed. I really have to say, yeah. Um, it's just Jenny Reimold. My, my ugly last name works for me across the board. So it's just (laughs) at Jenny, J E N N Y R E I M O L D mold, Jenny Reimold. (laughs) And it just works. You know, it's one of those things that it's like, it's a difficult last name, but yeah, same. I have, has it. Yeah. Yeah. I've got yeah. difficult. And then I married a difficult last name. I'm like, Oh Lord, but it does work. It works right. on, on, um, all of the social media outlets for sure. Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for squeezing in. I know my followers are going to be going down the rabbit hole and just finding all kinds of good things. All you're the, doing. All the- all the home dupes and the Walmart jean shorts. Yes. Yes. I talk a lot about parenting and management and all of those things too. Yeah. You know, like that's yes. kind of the sidebar stuff, but yeah. the main part are the stories on adoption and finding a purpose and yes. all the stuff that really, you know, works or doesn't work for us as mom. Cause as we yeah. know, not working for mom, it's not working. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, it really is like, you know, happy wife, happy life, happy mom, yes. happy life. I mean, you've right. got to fill your cup and you've got yes. to take that time. And I'm going to try to be eyes closed at 930 tonight. Yes. yes. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. Yes, I will. Jenny, thank, right. you, thank so you so much for joining us and everything. You can find her in the show notes and yes, maybe we'll have you back on because there's so many other topics that I want to dig in with you. I would love you. This is great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for listening. I want to remind you to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That would be super, super helpful to us. And share in your social media. Tag me. I love hearing what you guys have to say, your takeaways, all the things. So make sure you're tagging me in your social media posts when you share the episodes. And we will see you next week.